What does it mean that God is love? That is the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian Dembozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. Love. We get to talk about love today, Aaron. Sure do. I I love doing a podcast with you, Brian. I thought you were going to go in a different direction with that. I I like that direction you You went, though. Well, you know, I mean, I could have said, you know, all you need is love and Uh, started quoting the Beatles. That would work. And I would have been okay with that, except we can't afford that. And we would have to take issue with that. One of the concerns that we would have with this doctrine later is taking love in a vacuum. Mm, That's right. So all we need is love by the Beatles. That's not quite theologically correct. No, no, but there's a lot of songs about love. There's a lot of... um, a lot of books about love. There's a lot of sayings about love. People and love love. People do. Well, people love to talk about love. Yeah, they talk. Love. Yeah, yeah. Pract- exercising yeah. love. They like receiving love. I know I do. But giving love, acting in a loving way, that's a little bit more demanding. Well, you know, it right. happens. Okay. So let's let's get into it. Uh, of course, we are talking about God's love. Yes. Uh, that's that's the, the big idea that we're going to be addressing. So as always, Aaron, why don't you get us going by reading the essential doctrine about this, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just as a an ongoing reminder for all of our listeners, we also have video content about all of these doctrines that we are uh, that we are discussing on the show. Um, they are available every every week on gospelproject.com. You can learn more about them at gospelproject.com slash 99-essentials. Now, here is how we have articulated the doctrine of God's love. Bring on the love. All right. So to say that God is love is to say that God is the essence of love or that perfect love both resides and resonates within God himself. That is one God in three persons. We talked about that last week. Uh, The imperfect love that human beings share between one another is a dim reflection, a sign that points to the perfect love that resides within God. The greatest act of love by God toward humans isn't the giving of earthly goods, but the giving of himself in Christ so that we might become reconciled to him. Good stuff in that one. Really strong It's, it's rich stuff, right yeah. there. So boil that down. If, if we had to define this doctrine more simply. Right. So there's, um, there's a couple of ways to, to put this. First is that the scriptures say that God is love, but they, but not that love is God. So okay. God is not simply loving. He defines love and is the source of love. And I think that last part's critical. Yes. When we understand these attributes of God, such as love, holiness, which we'll talk about next time. Yep. Um, it's not just simply saying, well, God is really, really good at acting loving. Mm-hmm. No, he defines it. He is the source of it. Yes. And that's that's the difference. We can I can love well, although I don't for the most part. I'm a sinful man. But you know, you can say, man, Brian's really loving, but it's different than God being love. That's true. Yeah. That's true. God doesn't show his love by trolling people. <laughs> I do. That's true. That's my spiritual you sure gift. do. So um so Brian, where do we see this doctrine in scripture? Well, it of of course is in plenty of passages. Perhaps the the most well known and one of the most well loved verses in all the scripture, of course, John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. For God loved the world in this way; He gave His only Son, 
his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Right. Tangent, I love the CSB's translation there. I was just going to say that, actually. Yeah. Yes, because um, there's so much – there's so – much confusion about what that first phrase what that means is and so in many in uh many translations you'll see it say that god so loved the world that he did this and and people interpret that is oh so much so it's it's an it's, a quantity it's of love quantitative yeah. love it's emotive and, and that could be that and, could roll into it and there is and i think to be fair i think it's fair to say that Yes, there is that. Yes, but that's but it's not exactly what's being talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a particularity about the kind of love that God is demonstrating, and John does a beautiful job of expressing that. Or more specifically, um, yeah. And and so it's just amazing to see that in and in that gospel. John's point is, hey, not let me tell you about the quantity of the love of God. He says, let me tell you about the caliber of it. Right. It, it is a love that is so amazing that he gave his son. This is how we know it to be true. We know he loves because of what he gave. Right. Yeah. So again, the so much so, it's still relevant. But yeah, I think many people read that or they understand John 3.16 in that lens. And uh, I, I think it's actually more powerful when you understand the way John, I mean, the way CSB translates it. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Uh, Romans 5.8 is another one. Similar idea, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Yeah. And then, and again, that one is is an incredibly powerful one. And then that threads throughout all of Romans. Um, and then, of course, we get to um, one of the more famous areas of scripture that, that really dis- – that really – nails this this whole idea of love and really it's the entirety of first john yeah um john goes back to this idea of love and what it what it is what it does over and over and over again in fact um it's first john where where the phrase god is love comes from yeah and so but he's very clear he's he what he describes in that book he says that um that those who have those who have love Specifically for for one another, um, love God, and those who hate one another don't love God, no matter what they say about one uh, about what um, they believe, and that's an important thing. He describes love as the um, ultimately the the evidence, the fruit of salvation. Um, that yeah. if you want to know, if you want to have a good sense of who is a, who who follows Jesus, look at how they love one another. Um, and that's what he says. And so in First John 4.16, uh, 4, um, he says, And we have come to know and believe that uh, believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. And so that is the, that's the key thing. There's love for God that expresses itself in love for others. Yeah, and I think in the essential doctrine, it, 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 hit, it hit on this, that we have to understand when we love, we are loving only because of God's love. That our love is, I think it, it mentions it's a, it's a, a, a dim reflection is, is the language of the essential doctrine. Our love, even when our love is, is of, of a decent quality, um, it's still just a, a dim reflection of God's perfect love. And so uh, love is sourced in God. You know, I, I tell people all the time, my, my wife does not need me to love her in my own strength mm-hmm. 
She needs me to love her with God's love through me. I need to be a conduit of that. My kids need the same thing. That's what they deserve. Yeah. And so that's what, as believers, that's what we're pushing toward is, is to let God's love saturate us in such a way that we are compelled to love others with that holy love. And that's what John's talking about yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, as we as we think about this doctrine and um, even just the things that we've already said in um, in our discussion so far, are there any cautions that uh, that come with trying to understand this doctrine and understand it well? Well, Aaron, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know there are, because we're always going to hit on some concerns or cautions. You know, we're a very cautious, we are uh, cautious pair people. of men. <laughs> so caution number one I would look at with this <laughs> is, um, and we've already hit on this, but just to clarify, we have to be careful to understand that this doctrine is not about God acting in a loving manner. He does, of course. Mm-hmm. It's deeper than that. It's true that God's actions are loving actions, but that positions love outside of himself. Yes. For God, the love is sourced within him. He's defined in part by love, and therefore he defines love entirely. And so it's really understanding that that God is love, period, even if it doesn't seem like his actions support that, although they always do, it just we're not we're not able to recognize it. But we can't say, well, that, acting, uh, that action of God is love, so he's loving right now, but that action which seems like it's discipline, it's unloving. He's not loving right now. No, he's yeah. always because he is love. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the reasons why in our definition of God's love, we include um, we we include God being one in three persons is because that's, yes. that's the starting point and the foundation of God's love. Without a doubt. Because God's love does not need some, God does not need something outside of himself for him to express love. Which is one of the false views of understanding creation. Yeah. Some people believe wrongly, again, Mm -hmm. that God created people because he needed an object to love. And the Trinity refutes that because he's always had love because the three persons of the Trinity have loved one another perfectly. Right. And instead, um, it's better to it's more helpful to view creation um, as, as like the act of creation more as a a desire to welcome more into this and to to. It's more maybe it's more helpful to view the act of creation as um, God essentially inviting others to come play, to yeah. come enjoy this this love that, yeah. that exists within the within the three persons of the Trinity, um, and um, and it's out of an overflow that God made Definitely. us. Um, so what about a caution for you? Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we we need to do is is that we really need to develop and maintain a proper understanding of love. And so we've we've hit on this um, kind of all over the place here, but um, I think it bears repeating: love is not a feeling, or not simply a yes. feeling. It's not merely um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a feeling of love. I mean, I sh- I should feel love for my wife, for my children, for my friends in different ways than my love or my child for for my wife or my children, um, and you know, on and on and on it goes. Um, but love has so love is so closely tied to our actions and our yeah. behaviors in Scripture, and so it's it's really a an act of being the act of being 
um, selfless instead of selfish, that we are seeking to serve others instead of serving ourselves. Yeah, and it's actions born out of, of a heart posture exactly. and a desire, an act right. of the will as well, not just a, a responsive feeling. Right. And again, the starting point of that all comes down to our relationship with God. Yeah. If we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, we will express that love to others. We will demonstrate that in how we behave with other people. Um, you know, one of the one of the other things to to think about is is that that love has different aspects and attributes to it. And so, um, I mean, C.S. Lewis really like popularized the 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 whole four loves motif. And yeah. well, um, and you intimated a minute ago you you should love your wife differently than you need to love somebody else. Right. Yeah. Um, now. Now, here's my here's my gentle pushback on 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 on, you know, being too stringent on um, on these things, because you do see a few different words in Scripture that are used uh, to refer to love or that are translated in English as love. There's a, there's like four of them. And so um, what we tend to do is we tend to say, oh, well, this can only this this word for love means um you know means this and this word for love means that and 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 there's some truth to that but there's a lot of crossover in them and so um we shouldn't be spending too much time saying you know well i'm expressing agape love today um and you're you're expressing um you know you're you're not filio loving loving me enough or or anything like that um that can get really weird really, really quickly. Um, <laughs> so we're not going to go there. But yeah. um, but and even in um, Jesus' restoration of Peter, um, when Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Um, do you love me? Do you love me? And, um, and he actually switches and the translation and in Greek, it actually switches which word he uses. Yeah, so at agape, agape, and then phileo. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not trying it's not necessarily trying to communicate that these are distinct things. See, I was I learned that a long time ago. I was always, you know, taught, hey, God or Jesus was asking Peter, Do you love me with this this divine love, this deepest of loves? No. I mean you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like you know Lord, you know. You know. All right, do you do you love me with this deepest of loves, yes. this divine love? Lord, you know, okay, well at least do you love me with this brotherly love. Right. And it was almost an added salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember who it was, but somebody I read, I read a, a commentary or our paper on this, and they were like, no, I think we're reading too much into that. Yeah. It's just, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times to mirror the three denials because it's a restorative. This was not a rebuke on right. Peter. Exactly. And this yeah. wasn't Jesus placating or anything like exactly. that. So don't make too much. Don't try to make – the lesson is always – don't try to make the text say what it yeah. can't. But those those nuances of love are helpful to give us a fuller picture yes. of what love is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, there's there's at least one other caution yeah, that we it, would have. Wouldn't, yeah, and there? I intimated this a minute ago at the at the top of, of the of the podcast episode that we have to be careful about elevating this attribute of God over the others, and that's true of all of that is attributes. We are on dangerous ground when we try to make God disproportionate in these attributes because we favor one or another for whatever reason. Right. Um, and this is one if some people would would lift love above the others and see this driving all God does. Others would, would lift up holiness 
I think they have a better argument to made for that. I still am, am cautious about elevating any because they they're all work together in harmony. Right. You know, so my thinking is it's best for us just to 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 understand all these in balance because if we elevate one such as love here, we we it almost forces us to have a distorted view of of God and we've seen this in right. pop Christian theology, theology yeah. culture, right. where people have written books saying, well, everything's going to be fine at the end. Everybody will be saved because God's love. And right. and that love is what trumps everything. No, we got to understand, yeah, God is love and everything he does is loving and he is love no matter what. But God is also just. Yep. He's holy. And you go down this list. Yeah. And uh, and we have to keep them in balance. Yeah. And and I do think that it's fair um, um, when you – like you were saying, I do think – I think that there's room like if you're going to elevate one and, and it's it's basically like a uh, – it's a half step above or, um, you know, one is an uh, – encom- encompasses all others because it because it informs all others. I think the closest to that would be holiness. Yeah, that's what Sproul argues in the holiness yeah, of God. And, and yeah. I think that's a good argument personally. Yeah. Um, so – but we'll get to that when we actually talk about holiness, won't we? Yeah. So there we go. Now, uh, the big important question, of course, is um, as with all doctrine, doctrine should actually change how we live. What we believe yeah. should be expressed in in what we do. Um, so having a right understanding of God's love, how should we live differently? What difference should it make in our lives? For, for me, one of the first differences it makes is an awe of God. It, it mm. produces that. When I when I when I force myself to stop and think about this, because often I don't. I'm just kind of be bopping through life. Mm. When I force myself to stop and consider God's love for me, that God has chosen an eternity past to fix His love on me, and that God's love showers upon me no matter what even as stupid as i can be even as rebellious as i can be that that should cause awe mm-hmm. of god in my heart such a glorious god mm-hmm. being so kind to such a schmuck like me yeah um and so i think this should produce awe in yeah. us yeah absolutely um i think one of the other things that it should do is that um it should you know further instill a desire in us to live in obedience and gratitude um, for God, for the love that he has shown Mm. us in sending his son, Jesus, to live perfectly for us and to die in our place and to rise again, knowing that he has actually accomplished all the things that he set out to do. Um, Something else that it should do with us as well is that um, it should um, it should lead to greater confidence in our acceptance in Christ. Yeah. Because God's love is perfect and is complete and is unbreakable. We don't have to we don't have to worry about constantly earning God's love. Yeah. It's freely given to us yeah. by faith in Christ. This is one of the reasons I have a mantra with my kids that I, um, I've slowed down now that they've gotten a little bit older and we don't have the same bedtime routine, but especially early on when they were younger and I would tuck them in bed every night. There are many nights where my 14-year-old's up way after me nowadays. He tucks me in. Um, but Well, but does, so does he run through this with you? <laughs> yeah, he should, but they know it by heart. Yeah. So the mantra <laughs> was always something to the effect of, hey, why do I love you? Me speaking to them, and the answer is because you're my father, I'm your son or daughter is my daughter's case. Um, and is there anything I can do or is there anything you can do to make me love you more? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Is there anything you can do to make me love you less? 
And the answer is no. Why? Because you love me as a father. And and that mantra was, if I haven't done much right as a father, but I think that's one thing I got right years ago. Oh, good for you. Was starting that you mantra. Got I got one. Um, I'm, I'm not batting 0.000. Uh, That mantra was designed to help them understand God's better love for them, that I wanted them to rub shoulders with this idea of unconditional love that's Mm -hmm. fixed on them because of who they are and who their father is rather than what they do. So that's the, the thing we have to understand about God's love for us in Christ. And in light of this, I would add one last thing: yeah. that this different this this doctrine should make a difference in us loving more. Of course, uh, we've been called to be followers of Christ. We are called to emulate Him, and He is love. He is loving, and so for us, we can't rub shoulders. Well, we shouldn't rub shoulders with God's love, and fail to turn away from that and and not love others. Right. Uh, we need to understand that this should compel us to seek to love others the way God loves us. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, why don't we call it there? Enough yeah. of this love discussion. All right. That sounds good. I'm uh, ready to get back to uh, just trading quips with you. So That's right. We might feel a feeling otherwise. That'd be weird. It would be. All right. Feelings are so strange besides yeah. hunger. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.